Welcome to Unapologetic, a podcast of Embrace Ministries, where we take a biblical approach to culture's difficult questions. Hello, and welcome back to Unapologetic, a podcast of Embrace Ministries. We are um, on our second week, having changed our schedule, and this week, our topic is change my mind, where we take something that is um, held to and firmly believed by the world, and we address it with scripture and see what needs to change. And so this week, we're going to try to change Pastor Andy's mind. What are we changing your mind about today? Should we, as a Christian community, focus as much energy as we do on making New Year's resolutions or... Should we focus more on every day living in the place of repentance? That's tough because I feel like the majority of, especially the majority of Americans have made a New Year's resolution this year, mm-hmm. whether it was to not get COVID or something else <laughs> like that. You know, we, we, I, think, I, I do think that New Year's resolutions, in a sense, is starting to fade. I don't think it's near as strong as what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few Sundays ago, I was preaching and asked for a show of hands of how many people I had made New Year's resolutions, and it was significantly lesser in response. Now, you know, when you're a preacher on stage and you ask for a show of hands, not always do you get a true estimate of right. of what the congregation is feeling in the moment. But a very, very small group. But but I wonder how many Christians have made the New Year's resolution to read the Bible all the way through. Yeah. Or um, be more consistent in their diet. Or, you know, gather themselves up enough energy and focus on doing the right kind of exercises or something like that, you know. Yeah. And so I think I think we throw resolution out there way too often when it should be repentance. So your stance is that we need less resolutions and more repentance. Absolutely. But I, I see so many like good, powerful resolutions on social media where everything is true and everybody means what they say, mm-hmm. you know, and there's these resolutions like, I'm going to love myself better this year. What's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, well, everything about that statement is contradictory to the gospel call. And that is to, to not to, to love yourself better. And I understand the psychology in that for a lot of people is that, you know, you don't, you don't hate yourself as far as you, you know, you're sadomasticist and in, in what you do to yourself, you know, you're not, you're not brutal to yourself and all these kind of things, but I think that's pansifying. Is that a right word? I believe it. I'll take it. Okay. Uh, the culture today to where a bunch of sissies are running around that just need a hug, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so I need to love myself better this year. Um, problem is you love yourself too much is the reason you, you're having to make these resolutions. So what so. about what about resolutions like I'm just going to focus on me? Mm-hmm. What, what's wrong with that kind of resolution? Again, the gospel calls you away from loving self more and loving Christ more and uh, moving yourself from self-serving to serving others. That's what the gospel does. You know, um, I, I think everything that we do uh, in, in, a, in a social sense, in a, in a personal sense, when it comes to resolutions like that are, are totally contrary to the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, so what is um, kind of some backstory to this? Where do resolutions come from? Why is that a thing that's so strong in culture? Yeah. So according to history.com, 
it says that the ancient Babylonians were to believe that they started New Year's resolutions some 4,000 years ago. And of course, it trickles down, but, but uh, from, from the, the, the Babylonians to Julius Caesar in Rome in 46 BC and, and all this kind of stuff. But I really want to get to, the, to where it talks about the early Christians. The first day of the new year became a traditional occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do better in the future. And I'm, I'm quoting, I'm reading from history.com. Says in 1740, the English clergyman John Wesley, founder of Methodism, created the Covenant Renewal Service, most commonly held on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, also known as the Watch Night Services. They included readings from scripture and hymns and singing, uh, excuse me, from scriptures and hymns singing, and served as a spiritual alternative to the celebrations normally held uh, to celebrate the coming of the new year. Uh, now popular within evangelical Protestant churches, uh, certain denominations still hold watch night services on New Year's Eve, often for praying and making New Year's for the New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions for the coming year. But what really caught my eye with that was that, and, and of course, you know, I love John Wesley. I think John Wesley was a phenomenal guy, right. very rigid in how he operated his faith. Of course, when you think of the word Methodist, uh, it's by methods. Uh, it was told one time in, in some of the writings about John Wesley, even in his own autobiographies, I believe that um, you couldn't be a disciple of John Wesley unless you fasted twice a week. Very rigid in what he called and expected of those who followed his methods. And so I think that's probably one of the methods that was developed out of that. But, you know, when you think, okay, let me, let me, let me, the last day of the year, review everything that I've done and the things that I was terrible at, I want to do better at. And so it's still this fleshly effort of doing better. It's not necessarily a God-centered calling from not to do better, but to live holy. And so I think that when we start putting boxes out there that we're to check to do better, it becomes more of a legalistic system of Okay, I'm making the resolution to do this. And, and and the fact of the matter is, resolution does not carry near the weight repentance does. It doesn't call for as much as repentance does. When I say resolution, when I fail, ha-ha, everybody does, I didn't do it. Right. But when repentance is not lived out, then there's a, a stronger standard to be measured by. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. And yeah. so- Resolutions, that's that's where the common resolutions for Christians came from, really, is through the Methodism of John Wesley in 1740s and night watch service. And, and, and a lot of churches still have the night watch services. As a matter of fact, first time I ever preached in public was at a all-night preaching service as a, at a small independent Baptist church in McGee um, to where I was the first preacher on the docket to preach, and we were going to preach into the new year, and that was, that was a watch night service. That was... Now, I don't think necessarily a time for resolutions to be made, but, you know, it was a, it was something hinged yeah. off of that. Yeah. So help me, help me out here because I'm having a little trouble seeing the difference between a resolution and repentance. Explain that the difference between the two for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, resolution means within my own, uh, my own ability, um, I'm going to commit stronger. I'm going to focus stronger 
and I'm going to fulfill some obligation that I'm making for myself. I think that's what resolution is. Let's just, let's just put it out there practically. I'm going to resolve. I'm going to make a personal commitment to myself to read the Bible through this year. I'm going to read all 66 books in 665 days, and that's going to be my commitment. And so th- I've literally seen this happen for a lot of people. Um, whenever that resolution is not fulfilled and you miss three days worth of it, then all of a sudden you feel like you've got to catch back up on it. And then it becomes a drudge. And all of a sudden you're reading without comprehending. And the Bible is no good to you if you don't read without comprehension. And it becomes a method. It becomes a religious form without any kind of true spiritual essence to it. Now we can, we can put it in the resolution of reading the Bible through all, throughout the year. Or we can say it like this. I'm going to lose 15 pounds uh, this year. Okay. And so I'm going to commit to losing 15 pounds. And so this, this struggle throughout the year, and maybe, maybe somebody makes their 15 pounds within the first two months and they lose 15 pounds. They feel good about themselves and they feel accomplished before the year's up. And all of a sudden, what really should be a healthy lifestyle has become a momentary objective that either is met or not met. And then it's over and it's just, it's not long lasting to me. It's not, it's not spiritually practical. It's not physically practical. A resolution isn't. Right. Now, repentance, in my opinion, is something a whole lot different to whereas resolution is something that comes from my own personal gains and personal motivations and personal desires and personal efforts. Repentance is something totally different. So am I overweight and should I lose 15 pounds and should it be a resolution or should it be repentance from eating too many cheeseburgers or too many, too many, uh, chocolate donuts, you know what I'm saying? And so your body is a temple. And so repent and get yourself in better shape. And it becomes a lifestyle because repentance is a lifestyle resolution. In my opinion, is a moment. So And the same thing can go for in in the spiritual essence of reading your Bible. You know, I, I don't, I mean, if a person is ambitious enough to read their Bible through in a year, Hey, go after it. But I've, I've years ago, I used to say, okay, consume as much as you possibly can. And, you know, 10 chapters a day and, you know, this kind of stuff. And, and, and for some people with good comprehension levels, they may be able to do that, but I'm not one of those people. I'm just going to be honest with you. I have to read a, read a passage through several times before I get it. And also I know that the Bible is not something that is, is given to us by education, but by revelation. And so I've, I'm under the assumption now to, to read until it's revealed. And when it's revealed, then you feed on it. Mm-hmm. And if that's one verse, if that's half a verse, if that's 10 chapters, whatever it might be, but you know, you read until something is revealed and then you consume what's revealed. And that, that doesn't mean you're going to read the Bible through all in a year. But see, I think when there is a truth revealed, then I think by the goodness of God, you're led to repentance, Romans 2, 4. And so I think that's that's a part of living in the state of repentance. Right. By truth revealed, you're not led to resolution. That's right. But rather to repentance. I think that um, Paul understood the difference between resolution or repentance probably more than anybody else because mm-hmm. he says, I was the next big thing. I did everything right. I followed like I, I crossed my T's and dotted my I's, you know, mm-hmm. like I had discipline, I had a resolution, and then I met Jesus. That's right. And it led me to repentance. And so he's mm-hmm. like, I, I had the resolution and I thought I was doing all the right things. But then there was a moment of repentance where I understood 
it wasn't resolution that was going to get me there. That's right. And so what kind of scripture uh, comes to your mind whenever we talk about this difference between resolution and repentance? Yeah, there, there's a couple of different passages that come to my mind. Um, first is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, where Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. And of course, there's so many different issues at Corinth that, you know, it's kind of hard to pinpoint one thing. But the particular issue that this flows from is uh, there is sexual immorality in the church. And so that Paul addresses that, encourages the church not to let a little leaven leaven the whole lump. You've probably heard that phrase before. So a little sin comes in, it's puffed up, and all of a sudden one sin becomes many sins because the sin is unaddressed. And that's what happens in in a church body. You, You have to think of it like this. In your body, if there is infection in your body and you don't address that infection, then your whole body is going to get sick from that infection. Right. And so sin is like infection in the body of Christ. And so it has to be addressed. And so it is addressed, but the church addresses it. Uh, again, there are a bunch of young Christians, so they're trying to figure this thing out too. We get the the blessing and the plus of being able to read this and learn from their mistakes as well. But they they come at it pretty aggressively. And so they kick the guy out of church. They tell him, you know, the, actually Paul says in the first letter, deliver him over to Satan. And they've done that. And the guy is tormented and he comes back broken in repentance and they keep him at a distance. They don't receive him in forgiveness. And so Paul's having to write this second letter about that. But he also wants them to understand what true repentance is all about. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, he says, now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. And so he says this. Now, he, he's identifying a brokenness. You know, you can be broken because you've been caught, or you can be broken because you know you've broken the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And so he says, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. And so he wants them to understand that this godly sorrow that they've sought after in repentance is actually working something wonderful in them, which is the saving of them. And um, so I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think that's what we're looking for when we're, when we're actually saying, let me have a resolution but we really need a repentance. Right. Do you want to resolve to do better or do you want to repent and really do better? Right. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think about um, how hard it was for me to wrap my mind around salvation and and how it works. Um, for, for a very, very long time, I got saved at a young age. And for a long time, whenever I felt that I was um, tempted or struggling with a habitual sin, I would always think that resolution is what was going to fix it. I would think, you know, that I would, I would say that's, you know, that's the last time I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not thinking that way anymore. That's the last time. And I would make a resolution and then it wouldn't get me anywhere because there was no repentance. There was just Mm -hmm. resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it, it ties in so closely. There's so many things I've made resolutions in the past, new year's resolutions. And I made it a resolution, not repentance because I thought, this doesn't concern God. Yeah. I've made it a resolution because I thought this doesn't really have to do with anything spiritual. This is just me. 
And that's the wrong way of looking at it because the Bible's not just something to deal with spiritual things, but it covers every aspect of life. Yeah. How does a person, how does a person get repentance? You know, I, I think that's a really big key uh, to understanding how to live in the state of repentance, but because a person, a person who, who desires change. Okay. Let's just say that you've got a certain sin in your life that is nagging you and you hate it. Uh, God's given you a new desire in your life and you no longer desire those things that you once desired when you were lost. And so this new desire is complicated uh, because of a failure to temptation and this same sin that is nagging you and you want to turn away from it. So you want repentance. You have one of two options. And I think that in the young Christian minds, you think to yourself along the line of more of a resolution than repentance. Right. Well, I've got to do better. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I've, and, and so that's resolution that's zeal. And there's nothing wrong with resolution or zeal in and of itself but you don't need resolution and you don't need zeal. You need repentance. So how do you get repentance? You start praying for the grace of God in that area of your life. Mm -hmm. And by the goodness or the grace of God, you're led to the place of repentance. It's only by God that you're led to repent from something, not because you're all of a sudden saved and you're a do gooder and you're going to do good at it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's not repentance is not something of my own work but it's by the work of God in my life that I'm turning away from this thing. He, he's the one that makes old things old and new things new in us. Right. Cause yeah. he says, he says in second Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if any man be in Christ. Right. So, yeah, my mind goes to Romans five, six and seven, you know, the whole, Oh, wretched man that I am, the things that I wish I did, I don't do. And the things that I uh, wish I didn't do, I always tend to do. And mm-hmm. so there's this war between the flesh and the spirit and the desire of the spirit and the desire of the flesh mm-hmm. and how, um, how it's, it's repentance, not resolution. It all ties yeah. into to those three chapters. And in chapter six, verse 17, it says, uh, but thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of, for me, it's kind of hard to understand for the people that were being written to. They understood slavery and how it mm-hmm. works. Um, in chapter or verse 19, it says, I'm speaking in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. And so right there, he's saying mm-hmm. resolution's not going to get it done. That's right. Uh, and in that verse 18, he says, having been freed from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. Not having resolved, you became slaves to righteousness. But mm-hmm. it was freedom from sin only happens by repentance that's right and so whether you know if your new year's resolution is to stop eating so much junk food you don't need a resolution you need repentance from gluttony (laughs) that's a that's That's a sin it's in the bible yeah if your resolution is to spend less time on your phone and be more productive you don't need a resolution you need repentance from laziness that's right if your resolution is to read the bible more you need repentance from complacency that's right and so it's it's not a resolution that's the fix especially if you're a christian you're Mm -hmm. trying to grow yeah. Yeah. I, and so I think that the change our mind today is I, we as Christians need to live daily in the state of repentance. 
mm-hmm. and not focus so much at the beginning of a new year or at the conclusion of an old year of saying, man, I need to do better next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the do better is the, is the resolution, uh, but the, the be better, I think, is the repentance, you know? Right. And, and, and we think of a resolution as like this one-time thing, like I've, I've resolved and that's it. And so often we think of repentance the same way, like mm-hmm. I repented once and that's all I had oh, to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we're not called as, as human doers. We're called human beings, you know? And so we're, we're to be we're to right. be in the state of repentance. We're to be filled with the Spirit. We're to, uh, you know, the, these these active, proactive, continuing verb type talk in the New Testament calls us to live in this state of repentance, in this state of humility, in this state of meekness, in this state of compassion, and all of this state, this this salvific type place. You know, we have been saved. We are being saved. We ultimately will be saved. We're in the process of being saved in this moment. So live in this act of salvation. Right. So hopefully through this talk today, uh, we've changed your mind to stop resolving and start repenting. If not, send us an email. Our email address is in the outro and uh, we'll talk about it then. You guys have a good one. Thank you for joining us today on Unapologetic, a podcast of Embrace Ministries. We hope we have answered some of culture's difficult questions using the Bible, God's Word. Please help us get the word out about this new podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to call us at 601-469-2680, or you can email us at embrace.church at yahoo.com.